Hi, and welcome to the Effective Teaching Podcast from Teachers PD. I'm Dan Jackson, and today I'm going to compare teaching for understanding with teaching for knowledge and explain why understanding is so important when we're training our students to become lifelong learners. Firstly, let's differentiate between knowledge and understanding. I think as teachers, we all know that there is a difference between the two, but we often don't think about it in terms of how it affects or how it should affect what we do in our lessons. Knowledge is basically the content. It is what the teacher presents or what the student could read or watch in a video. Knowledge is essentially the student's ability to replicate what the teacher has taught them. It's a regurgitation of ideas and can include applying this knowledge in the same context in which it was taught. For example, if I teach my class how to add three and three to get six, the student can then do this sum and get six. Or if I teach my students how the biceps is the agonist in a bicep curl and the tricep is the antagonist, they can repeat this back to me. This is different to understanding. Understanding is when the person can take their knowledge, identify the essentials, the concepts or the processes, and then transfer these into other settings or contexts. If we now revisit our examples, we then get if we are teaching addition, the student can not only add 3 and 3 to get 6, they can also add 2 and 4 to get 6, or they can add 9 and 9 to get 18. If they have a better understanding, they can even add 23 and 54 to get 76. Or if we take it further, they can add 1,230 to 345 and also add 10 to get 1,585. If we revisit the agonist-antagonist muscle relationship, a student who has understanding can then tell me why the pectoralis major and anterior deltoids are the agonists during a push-up and pair them with the posterior deltoids, rhomboids, latimus dorsi, trapezius and teres major and minor, which all relax and therefore function as the antagonist muscles for the same contraction. Understanding is not just the same application, but a different application. When I use this definition, I can also speak of skills as being a form of knowledge. If I teach you how to build by building a birdhouse, and then you build a birdhouse to show your skills, you are simply replicating what you were taught. However, if you demonstrate your skills by building a cubby house or a cabinet, you have understanding because you are transferring the skill into a new context or to a new problem or project. So if we think of knowledge as replication of what is taught and understanding as transferring what is taught by applying it to a new context, it becomes obvious which one is the desired result when trying to create lifelong learners. Understanding, in case you weren't sure. Now, if understanding is our goal, then there are a few ways we can help our students to get there. Number one, don't use exams as the main form of assessment. Exams have a place in education and in schools, but they lend themselves towards assessment of knowledge over understanding. Now, this is not to say that they cannot assess understanding. There are just much better ways of doing this. Often exams are limited in the types of questions they can ask, and students sitting them can regurgitate what they have learnt without the need to apply it to a new context. Now, this is a broad statement about exams, which can differ and can assess understanding, but often they do not. Where exams or tests can be useful is in identifying if the students have the knowledge and are thus ready to begin to try and understand. That is, the students are ready to apply the knowledge to new contexts and problems. So you could use them, well, as a pivot assessment, which is something I get from Dylan William, uh, where in the middle of a lesson, 
you may quickly check that students know what you've just taught them and whether they are ready for the next stage, which might be to then apply that knowledge in various different contexts. Which then, of course, leads me to the next one. Number two is to use multiple examples, multiple contexts or problems in your teaching. So tell various stories where what you are teaching can be applied to help your students see the central concepts that are key in each context. For example, if I'm teaching my students about anxiety in sport and how athletes manage this anxiety, I will not only provide various different sports scenarios, but will also examine scenarios from real life where people are anxious and the same or similar strategies can be used to manage its effects on performance. Such examples could include high-pressure exams such as our HSC in New South Wales or other major performances such as that required to achieve your A must A diploma in piano. By providing multiple examples, I'm already beginning to help my students to learn to transfer their knowledge across context to demonstrate understanding rather than just regurgitating knowledge. The third way is to focus on the essentials. Now, when teaching a skill or idea, it is important to focus on the essentials and not so much on the variables. Now, when I say essentials, what I'm talking about here are the things that are key to multiple performances in different contexts. These are the things that uh, help your content area to be transferred into real life and to have bigger overarching kind of connections into the world. Now, by focusing on these types of essentials, it helps students to grasp those core concepts or aspects that transfer and then add the variables to the context where they are needed for correct performance or application. For example, when learning how to read, it is first important for students to learn phonetics and be able to differentiate between sounds in the language. The code, or the alphabet, is then introduced later as this is something that varies. Even when this is introduced, the less variable letters and sounds are done first to help cement the core aspects of reading before all the variables are then added. So students may learn S and M and A first, but they will first learn the most common sound that A makes and then the variables will grow from there since it can actually make lots of sounds. So A is often taught as saying ah, but actually it can make the sound eh as in Sam or ah as in that and ah as in ah bag and even bag is slightly different in terms of its sound of ah compared to the sound in Sam. Helping students to get the basics then that stay the same then helps them to transfer the knowledge to the new context. So the sounds are actually the thing that stays the same, but there's various different ways of coding that sound into text. A fourth way is to provide opportunities for the students to do the transfer. So once your students have the knowledge, you need to offer them ample opportunities to transfer this knowledge, make mistakes, get feedback, and adjust in order to help them transfer the knowledge into understanding. Here you might take the scientific method of a hypothesis, a method to test it, collecting results, analyzing and interpreting results and making conclusions as the central or core concept, and then run multiple experiments with students applying this method to various contexts so that they can see how it adapts to various contexts. That is, they can see how the experiments and methods can change depending on what chemicals and compounds are being dealt with, or the type of experiment, or they might look at how you analyze it differently depending on what's happening. Providing these opportunities allows students to take chances, make mistakes, and get messy. That's one of my favorite kids shows 
the Magic School Bus likes to say so often, which I love because it just is so true about real learning. The final way to help students develop an understanding that I want to mention is to use a critical inquiry approach to learning. Such an approach allows students to research and find their own solutions to problems. It includes guidance from the teacher, feedback and development. It could look like a research project or a sort of project-based learning approach. Anything that allows and challenges students to begin from questions and to ask more questions to solve what Wiggins and McTee call essential questions and then become driving questions in project-based learning. By beginning with questions, students learn not by rote, but by inquiry, which helps build and create understanding because application, testing, problem solving, and critical thinking are all purposely built into the approach. If you want to start somewhere, start with one of these to help your students develop an understanding rather than simply repeating knowledge. Remove the focus on tests, provide multiple examples, focus on the essentials of the topic, provide opportunities for transfer, and present topics using questions and promote a critical inquiry approach to your learning. Thanks for listening. You can leave a comment at teacherspd.net. I would love to hear from you. And until next time, I'm Dan.